And we're on the k and Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio. Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Michael Hare. Hello, Ken Brown. You seem to be in a chipper mood this week. Well, I, I, look, I, I welcome it. I am for one reason only, because there can be no 0-17, which is just like the worst thing that could ever happen to this franchise of the many bad things that have happened to them over the years. So at least they will not go down in history as the first 0-17 team. And believe me, people out there listening, there will be an 0-17 team eventually. You just don't want to be that one. You know what I'm saying? No, you don't. And I, I agree with you. You know, Kenny, you know, I covered the Lions for the Detroit News for a long time and all that. And I'm not going to get into any, you know, great old stories and all that. But I do. I used to think, well, it'd be really cool for some team to go 0-16 until I covered the Detroit Lions. And that was one of the most miserable years in the collective lives of a group of people I've ever been around. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the same as war time and all that other stuff. But just from purely an athletic experience, it was just awful what they went through. Yeah. And I, I think it was even for historic parts that we think back on. I think it was even worse because coming into that year, there were expectations. I know they had finished 79 the year before, but they remember they started real good and then lost some games at the end. But nobody saw that coming. No, absolutely not. And, and they really loaded up on defense on, on the kind of players that, that the Rod Marinelli wanted, his guys who played that Tampa 2 system. And it just didn't work. It, no. it didn't work at any. And then they got some two or three just absolutely horrible calls for the officials that kept the streak going, including the interference, phantom interference call on fourth down against the, against the Minnesota Vikings. To this day, there hasn't been any contact between those two people, and it was no. just it was just an awful thing to no. go through. It really was. So the expectations were low coming into the season, and and I'm gonna tell you, half of the Detroit metro area understands it the other half's ready to run campbell out of town already and brad holmes out of town and like i said we've never had an official rebuild in this town i mean they bottomed out a few times but they've never said look we're just gonna tear it down and build it up this is the first time it's been admitted to have done it as it's going on and people just don't know how to react to it that's my feeling on they've never seen this before they've just seen the team get bad and they try to get better yeah, I, you know, I, I would think that the 2009 Lions coming off the 2008 season was a, a rebuild to some degree, but they had some good players too. Yeah. That's the thing that 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 team had a better. I think that team had a better uh, cast of players than this one does. When you have Calvin yeah. Johnson and and I, I don't know Cliff Averill and the whole group of guys, those people aren't on this roster right now. Yeah. Now they might develop into that, like those people did at that point in their career, right. but they didn't. And so this this is. That's why I think Sheila Ford Hamp, when she used the rebuild word in that interference interview she had with Dave Burkett of the Free Press a couple of months ago, I think it was, I think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and, and to make my point of what I was saying, they bottomed out in 2008, so that's why it was different than this. Because once you get to 0-16, you, you don't have to say what's going on. You know what's going on. But this was a choice because they won five games last year. They could have probably um, – fix the cap a little bit and spread everything out. Got some older veterans in here to win six games. They could have done that from the beginning of the year if they wanted to. Yeah, and to. you know what? And, and be a six-win right. six te- six team the next week and the next, and, 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 week, right, the next exactly. year and the next right. year. So this is the first whatever, year they yeah. purposely – and you should have known it when they gave Campbell a six-year contract. It should have been stated then that – well, it really was stated. Anybody who knows football knows if you're giving a new coach a six-year contract, 
you know, you know, you got some well, years. Well, to Campbell do and Holmes both. They both walked. You know what? They might not have taken the job without without that. that, that oh, they would. I, I guarantee Holmes. I guarantee these two guys would have took the job if they'd offered them two years. These guys want to work, man. These well, guys, not two years. No, nobody would. Ah, well, they would. Mike, you say Three that, but when getting. guys get a chance to be GMs and coaches that are not going to get the opportunity any other time. Now, if you're a, a Bill Belichick out there, of course you're going you're going to do that. But guys like those two who are trying to get the first, they would have took whatever they were offered. I'm sure. And I mean, Bill Belichick, Belichick wouldn't wouldn't ask for a contract. He'd just tell you, "I'll tell you when I leave and when I come." Well, okay? right, exactly. <laughs> so when they gave him six years, and, and given six years to unproven talent, you know that you you either got a lot of confidence or you're the worst owner in the world because you know you give six years to a Belichick or to a you know a person that's done it before to give six years to two unknowns. That's a risk, whether you like it or not. No, I don't. I don't disagree with that. But we'll see how it works out. Tell you one thing, uh, as we saw on some of the ESPN shows, a lot of positive feedback for Campbell's style and himself and the way they play hard for him. So I don't know how long that will last. But he, even though they haven't won a game, he is getting some accolades in the league of being uh, the guy you want to play for and a guy that gets his team to play. Absolutely, and I think part of that is because he plays to win, you know. And that was that was apparent in those in overtime in, in Sunday's game. Uh, he was calling timeout, and wanted to get the ball back. As one of the ex coaches said, he wasn't playing to he wasn't he wasn't tying. He was playing to win. And I think that resonates with people. You, you want to win. You don't want to play. Sometimes you have to play cautiously. For example, if a playoff berth is at stake with a tie in the last week or two, yeah, go for it. But no, just straight out playing. No, no, compete to win. Well, he's going to, I'm telling you right now, his credibility on that is going to fade if he keeps defending that quarterback and not trying another guy if he keeps playing as bad as he's playing. Well, I, mean, I, know, well, I know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jared Goff. Well, who are you talking about? I'm talking about Campbell. Well, well, use you're his saying, name. You're saying he's playing. Don't make us wonder. you saying he's playing to win. But Step then, up. Be a man. <laughs> he's Be a man got, about it. He's got, to, he's got to realize there's a tipping point with that quarterback because I'm going to tell you right now, there was a play Sunday. I think I told you about this the night of the game. They get for, they get nine and a half yards on first down. It's second and a half a yard. You have your free second down play. This is the, the down you take a shot. You do whatever you can do. You got it's pretty much a free play because you can get the third with a half a yard 90% of the time. What does golf do? He gets the ball like a hot potato. He sees Swift three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Throws him a pass with guys over there. Swift gets tackled for a three-yard loss. You have third and four. They don't get the third down and have to punt. That was right then and there. Jared Goff was. I, I was done with him. I was done with him because he, it was a hot potato and he didn't want it in his hands. Well, you lasted a lot longer than some other people did. But look, I, I think this. You, you want to see him go downfield. You want to see him be more aggressive. And I, I can't disagree with the thing you said there. Eleven yards at the half is eleven yards at the half, and fifty wasn't fifty in the first four quarters before overtime, where he got about seventy in overtime. But it was it was a, it was a bad performance by. I don't care if his oblique fell out on the field. If you're not good enough to play, then get out of there. So got to have somebody to replace him, and there's nobody to replace him right David, now. David, I mean, maybe, whoever, whoever it is, if if you deem the guy your backup. It's a reason why he's on the roster, so put him in. Well, he, David Blau, and look, I like David Blau, so let's not let's make that clear right now. But he wasn't going to be the uh, he wasn't going to be the backup until Tim Boyle got hurt. And I think when he gets back, 
healthy. And I think he's in the second week now of his recovery plan. But, you know, you're allowed to practice and all that. I wouldn't be surprised if he steps in at number two. No, you know what? There's no doubt. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if there was another step, too. He got some playing time. Well, wouldn't surprise me. Um, I heard an interview with Campbell this morning, or today, if this is going up on Tuesday. He is said it. He said it himself that Blau will be the number two. He said it today. So you can take all the question marks out of it. He said Blau's our number two when he, I mean, not Blau, excuse me, Dor- what's Boyle's our number two when he comes back? If he's back now, he says he's working out, and he's the backup. Boyle. He's the backup. That's what he said when, he, when he they're said. all healthy. So we can take that out that Blau is the number two or they're going to fight over. No. When he comes back healthy, he's the number two. That's what he said today. So we can take his word straight from the horse's mouth. So we well, whoever's playing quarterback is really is, is, is benefiting now from a healthy offensive line, don't you think? Well, I want to get to that in a minute. The offensive line. I want to get to that in a minute because I got some bones. I read the show. I got more I bones to pick. I got more bones to pick. But um, anybody out there listening, I read this. That was a dig. I read the show sheet. Yeah, but if you, if you <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, you had the best offensive line in the world. If your quarterback ain't don't want to get hit, it makes it look bad. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. They weren't to me. They were, they were, they were good run blocking against Pittsburgh. They were better than adequate against the pass. Better than adequate pass blocking. But no, I, I couldn't didn't agree say, with that. I said better than adequate. I didn't say great. But th- there, was, there was time to throw the ball. And oh, I don't see four, four sacks and 24 dropbacks. Well, okay. That's not adequate. A Jared Goff sack is he runs into him. I'm not I'm, – look, there's different sacks for different quarterbacks. There's Matt Stafford sacks and there's Jared Goff sacks. Matt Stafford who can extend a play, manipulate a pocket – do all those things to get more time before he makes his throw. Then you got Jared Goff who runs into sacks by trying to do the dipsy do out the back door. His foot always. No, I'm, not, I'm sorry. It, the offensive line gave him so, enough time to make some throws that he'd have more than 11 yards in the first quarter. All right. Well, the first half he had 11 yards. It's just ridiculous. That's well, then he got hot in the second half and tripled that total. Yeah, right. Like I said. <laughs> anyway, Taylor Decker. Who came back finally, played a game. He talked on Monday. I, I got what a sensitive young lad he is. I, I really was kind of taken aback by the, the the anger and vitriol he was expending toward the media and people and his family and friends. And when he walked his dog, people were telling him that they look, get over yourself. You missed eight weeks with a hand injury. There's been guys that have came back before. You didn't say how severe it was. Let me finish now. You didn't say how severe it was. So people can only go by what they thought was was a hand and surgery and a broken hand, and you can get back in with a club. People have done it before. If it was that big serious where you had 55 uh, metal plates put in it, then you should have said so, and it's more serious. But by not saying anything, people can speculate. But the media did not dog him and, oh, my God, it's so bad around here, and I deserve better respect than that. Get over yourself. Get over well, yourself. There were some questions about that in some some precincts. Okay, but get over yourself. But people have questions. So what? You say, look, I know what I am. When I come back, that's what I do. It wasn't everybody in the media. It wasn't every fan that said it. If a few people said it, so what? You're a big boy. You've been in the league. You're, you're a professional. Be one. Quit whining about it. And people talking about moving him to the right side, that kind of affinity or trading you should be thankful people were saying maybe they can get something for you. It wasn't like it was a slight on you. They didn't say you're a bum, trade him out of town. They were saying if it's a rebuild, maybe it's time to leave Sewell over. And I'm one of the ones that said it. But I told you also, I want a first 
round plus for him, and I'm not trading him for anything less. But okay, am I insulting you by saying we can get a good haul for you because you're a good player? Get over yourself. Grow up. You know, big wine. Look, I don't listen. I, there's, there's been nothing in, 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 in Taylor Decker's career, in his record, that shows that he's a, a slacker. Not one thing. Nobody. Not one I agree. Not, I'm just let me think. Not, not one play. He's never. He's never tapped out. Never. Not once. And so, the idea that that, that, that there was it was circulated out there that what's really wrong with his finger? What else is going on? What's really going on? Sure, it, it's it's okay to have questions, but when you put them out there in the media, and well, who is this Mike you're it, talking it, about? Put it out there to me. I, I, a lot of people I don't listen, say I don't, that. Look, I don't. I don't listen. Not everybody says everything either. Okay, so are you gonna get, are you gonna take you offense to everything somebody says in any corner of the world? You know what? It shows to me that he's a proud man. He's proud of no, his proud of his background, proud of his career. He doesn't like it in his in his opinion to be besmirched. But look, I, look, Kenny. I also I also see the other side of it too. Almost everything these days is free game. It really is free commentary. I understand it, Mike, and I understand the, the, the rule. The rules, the rules of the boundaries are different. You know why? Because there aren't any. I understand his little feelings were hurt, but and, like and I when said, he made, and when, no, no, and when he made his comment about clickbait or whatever it was, who's going to disagree with him? But Mike, if this is see. This is why I got this is a problem I got with my kids too, and he's right in the age group of my kids too, right? All in those these people in their twenties. They're so worried about what goes on on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. They miss the whole point of everything else. If you if if somebody was giving out millions of dollars on the uh on the uh, old uh telegraph method, they wouldn't care. But if somebody gave out ten dollars on in, in on Instagram or Facebook, they'd be running all over because they they're so worried about those little social media sites and who says what get over yourself you went to Ohio State you didn't go to Podunk you the, the spotlight was on you then the spotlight's on you now because you're a professional okay somebody says something bad about you don't sit up there with your mouth all I'm upset and blah 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 you better be worried about Miles Garrett instead of worried about what somebody said I think he's preparing for Miles Garrett okay right. let's, well, let's that see that anger it. let's take that anger out Sunday on him Instead of worrying about what some corner of the media or the internet world said about you. You know, get over it. And there's nothing wrong with questioning if you took a first-round guy, number seven, who played your position for eight weeks and played it well, would you leave him over there? There's no nothing wrong with people questioning that. And if you got a problem well, with that, that's too bad. Well, there's a difference between a question and a, and, a, and, a, and a demand. And it wasn't a demand that they leave him there at left tackle. It was a question. Will you do it? That's okay. a little different. Okay, yeah, I'm, okay, okay. I'm sort of agreeing with you, right. but I can't okay. believe it, but I am. Okay, well, I'll leave it like that. Like I said, uh, don't be so sensitive. Just get over it. I like the guys. I like him as a player, and he's a good player. Well, uh, all right, you've, oh, maybe it's just that he's been off eight weeks and he needed to get everything off his chest. I hope, I hope this is not a recurring matter that we got to get him a, a psychologist after every game because he's so upset with some, what some well, corner you know how, you know how, well, But you know how this, you know how this goes, okay? And then – that he's, he made his comments on Monday. On Tuesday, they'll go out to some other place, and on Wednesday, they'll pick him up from Tuesday. And then on Sunday, when the Lions play, it'll be picked up again and be referred to. So things like this sort of have a have a life of their own. They have a uh, they just they, they continue to build on themselves and feed on themselves. And so things don't go away. They really don't. All right. Well, we're gonna move on because I figured Good, you go. got you got to play two games in the regular season before I will discuss you from this point on. I would not discuss a player that only played one game. All right, you got to have two games under your belt before you get to come on the K and podcast and be talked about from this point on. No one gamers. 
right. Dan Campbell. Yes. I I like him as a coach. I think he has potential, but I have some question marks, and I'm not sure yet if he's going to make it, and I'm going to tell you why. I think, and you can follow me on this if you want, I think taking the play calling from Anthony Lynn put a mark on Anthony Lynn, which I don't think he's going to recover from, and I think he'll be gone at the end of the year, and I don't, if not sooner. And I don't think there's any going back on that now once you decide to do that. And I don't think it was needed when you were 0-8. Well, Kenny, why, listen, I think when you're trying to do something for the betterment of your team, what, what difference does the record have to do with it? It has a lot to do with it, Mike. Because, why? Because what I'm saying why? is I don't think any time you should do that unless you plan on firing the guy and then moving in. But to just take the play call and tell him you steal the offensive coordinator and he's is a collaborator, but I got to call the plays. And, and I'm, I'm going to speak frankly. It wasn't that hell of a great play call and he did Sunday either. There was a lot of question marks in there. There was some good, but there was some bad too. Well, I thought the offense was better than it had been. Certainly they had a focus and they had a, a direction. And well, I, if it was 1972, was, it would have been the greatest uh, play calling ever. But this is 2021 and you got to mix both elements in the air. I mean, you just well, can't run well, the ball. Wait a minute. Do you need a better quarterback to do that? Or are you, are you, are you in, this, in this part of the argument – are you now a Jared Goff fan? Which one is it? I'm not, Come on, no. Flipper. Let's I'm not flipping, but I mean. Come on, Flipper. Mike. Hey, Flipper. He has third and nine, I think, four or five times where he ran the ball on. Okay, you got that. That's just play calling there. That's not Jared Goff. Jared Goff probably would have missed the pass. I'm not arguing. But you weren't getting first downs on the run. I think they got one of them they made out of those ones on third and longs that he ran the ball. It just it was it was okay it was okay but there was a lot of bad in there too. I didn't see any difference between him and Anthony Lynn's play call except for when they brought six linemen in. That's the only difference I saw. The plays where they ran with a jumbo set. And they could have did that with Anthony Lynn calling plays. I just think he cut his uh, office corner his legs out and Anthony Lynn's not recovering from it. If I was him I'd have to be yeah. relieved. I I'd have to leave now. I, so you just you just cash in you just cash in your contract and say I'm leaving. Well, I'd ask to be released from my contract. I mean, you're gonna pay me because you embarrass me. So you're gonna pay me, but I I, I would just so you're gonna call. leave and ask to be you're gonna leave voluntarily and ask to be paid. No, I'm not leaving my job. Right, why don't well, you, what you, what, what why don't you let about? me go? <laughs> Evidently, you don't respect what I'm doing. Yeah, because just pay because me out for the rest of the year and let me out of here. Look, there are a lot of offensive coordinators in the National Football League who don't call plays. Yeah, that, that Mike. Now, nah, they don't nah, hold nah, it. Nah, hold nah, it. Hold nah, it. Let me finish. No, 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 Go ahead and finish. Sean Payton, Sean Payton in, 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 in New Orleans calls the plays. That's the way it is. Yeah, but, nah, see, you are mixing two different things. Your play calling was snatched from you. Right. Okay, that's I, not like Sean Payton. Sean Payton never had a person call in plays for him, then decide to take over and kept it. He always called the plays. Your, uh, your coach told your team, that guy's not good enough. I'm taking over. That's what he said. Yeah. Okay, so then you've already Anybody cut his legs out. you cut his yeah. legs out. So just Look, let him 2013, go. In 2013, the Baltimore Ravens took the play calling away from the offensive coordinator and gave it to Jim Campbell, or Jim Caldwell. Didn't they Campbell. fire the Jim guy? Jim Caldwell. Did they keep the guy around? I, 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 I kind of remember they got rid of the guy. Same thing happened. I've seen the same thing happen in Miami in uh, – 1993, and you'll remember this one with four games to go in the season. Wayne Fonts fired Dan Henning, the offensive coordinator, replaced him with a guy that went through the last four. What is the, the common element so in the story, Mike? You saying fired, got rid of, yeah. didn't keep okay. around? Okay, there's a little common element here. 
the rest of them got rid of the guy they got. They they cut his legs out. You cut my man's legs out, and you gonna make him crawl around the damn Allen Park for the rest of the year. What's your expression? Crawl around. Well, I, you I get your legs I, cut off. You got well, you get you gotta crawl if you have any legs. You got your legs cut out. Now you gotta crawl around. Kenny, things happen and things happen in sports, and they happen in real time. That's the way it is. Right. Look, I'm not I'm not down on Anthony Lynn at all. It's just that's the way things happen in in, in sports. Well, I just happen, think, they happen in real time. All right, but I just think that you could have let him finish the year play call. His play calling wasn't that bad. I think there were other problems why you're only scoring one touchdown a half for the first. You know, what that what besides that first game where they got those garbage points at the end? I think they haven't scored over what 17 points is the high mark for the year or whatever. Some some stat I saw, so they haven't scored points at all. But uh, like I said, they still didn't score. They scored sixteen um, Sunday. So where's the big improvement, Mister Campbell? Well, they lost one on the other. They, they, they ah, well, nah, 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 nah. We ain't going by no loss. You don't even go by the outcome. Nah, they scored nah, sixteen. Gonna, they scored gonna, sixteen. Are you going to stand up now for the field goal kicker? I'm just replace? saying they get that guy. Yes or no? I'm saying on, they scored. Come on, Mr. Inconsistent. They scored 16. <laughs> you could say what they could have had, would have, should have. If like Lou Rawls used to say, if I could have, would have, should have. That's what they all say. But that's that's it. Now, I hope you cut that out. <laughs> no, I'm not. Gonna. Everybody wants to hear KB's version of Lou Rawls. Now, another article that came out this week. We got to talk about. Revisiting the draft, this came out today too, that everybody now thinks that they should have took the Carolina and sent Stafford to Carolina. It would have been a better deal to have that seven and eight pick in Bridgewater. And that the Lions and Bob, this is uh this is our new GM's problem here, that he took the worst mm-hmm. deal just to send Mr. Holmes, sent uh Stafford to a place he wanted to go. Yeah. I'm not gonna make a judgment on that trade until the last first round pick is done. And then you can evaluate which would have been the better trade. Because I'm going to tell you right now, that Rams team, and you talked about this last week, they may have problems by the end of the year, let alone next year. That, that pick may be more valuable than you think one of those two Penny, picks. they already have problems. No, but I'm talking first, about problems where they, they already, might not win well, seven games. First of all, they already won seven. I said in the first, next two drafts. The first, the first throw of the first second pass of the game did to uh, OBJ. Let's it go. <laughs> what would you throw it there for? <laughs> Who are you talking about, Stafford? Get an interception. Yeah. Hey, whose fault was that? Oh, I don't know whose fault. I'm gonna tell you whose fault it was. OBJ stopped running because he didn't think Stafford could throw a ball seventy said. yards. I he, said, I said he let him. He let it go. Yeah, but why is uh, McVay even clearly trying to show everybody in Cleveland how stupid they were to put OBJ there? He's only been there four days and just start off by we're gonna feature him in the first drive. Just play the game. You know, just play. He that's, that's the one thing about him I do not. He thinks he's the smartest guy. I hate people who think they're the smartest guys in the room and have to show you. Now, they're smart guys in the room, but they are so self-assured that they don't have to show you they're the smartest guy in the room. McVay seems to have a problem. He's going to do the fake field goal at the end of the first half because I got to show you guys that, that we're the smartest people in the room. How'd that work out? Going in at 21-10 would have been way better than going in at 21-3. I mean, 21-7. I mean, 21-10, yeah. It yeah, of been, course. Yeah. Getting points is yeah. better than that getting Stafford points. could have got you 11 points. And, it, you know, the interception, that wasn't Stafford's fault either. I mean, I – The I, interception? Yeah, no. The return. Went off, it went off, yeah, it went off his hands. It went off his hand. It looked like he gave it to the guy. You right. Know? 
Yeah, you so anyway, popped it up in the air. So we'll let the draft solve itself because, like I said, if their team don't win, especially, I'm going to tell you right now, the way Jalen Ramsey yelling on the sideline again and they're 7-2 and two at the time, was, I mean, he's yelling like they're 0-15, that team can implode at any moment. And I agree with Michael Harris. You are right. You are the dean of football. Aaron Donald is not the same Aaron Donald. Not the same guy. Not no, the not. same guy. Not the same no, guy. Not. So let's just wait before we write our articles, uh, use new paper scribes about what deal they should have took because there's two unknowns. I'm a math. I, I, I majored in a lot of math science. I'm a science guy from by nature. <laughs> I am. Boy. I am. Okay, Adolph. Adolph Brown. Uh, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> the first part of math is when you got X plus Y, you can't give an answer until you know what X and Y are. And those draft picks are X and Y. So you can't get an answer until you actually get value for X, value for Y. So let's wait before we start saying which deal would have been the best. I misspoke. I didn't mean Adolph. I meant Albert. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, you talking about Albert Einstein? I was wondering yeah. what you were talking about. I was like, is there, so a, was I. Is there a mathematician <laughs> named Adolph? Anyway, um, any other I thoughts spoke on the too pitch? Soon. Yeah, you spoke too soon. You always speak too soon. That's why this podcast, you should listen to it in reverse so you can hear Mike's real thoughts at the end and then back it up to the beginning. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, one thing I'm looking forward to, Kenny. I am going to Cleveland. It's my first uh, road uh, game of the year. And I'm glad it's Cleveland because I think right there, what you're looking at right now is a team that's 5-5 five and five with probably 7-3, and 8-2 and two talent. But it show, goes to show you what happens in any sport with any team when all of a sudden they think that they've arrived because they did it once. And no, no, you don't get by in, in pro sports by doing it once. Now, look, yeah, you win the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you do it once, things like that. But in pro football, the team sports like this, once, okay, so you did it once. But they haven't. Have they done really? Have they won a championship? No, but they came back talking about the roster, the talent-rich roster, and you know what? They can't get out of each other's hair, each other's way. They're five and five, and 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 really fighting for a wild card berth right now. Yeah, I agree. I would tell you another thing. Wouldn't, I, I, another wouldn't thing be about surprised Cleveland. if the Lions beat them. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna win because they got embarrassed last week. That's if they would have like won or got a, had a close game last week, I think the Lions would have had a chance. But since they got embarrassed, they do a couple things that the Lions aren't gonna be able to maintain. They run the ball real well, and I just think they're gonna wear the Lions. Depends. On, well, depends. Depends on who's who's running the ball for them. Well, isn't Chubb? Is Chubb hurt? Is he out? Well, he's he's missed four games, three with injury, and in fact, I just got off the phone about an hour ago with Tony Grossi, the writer down in Cleveland, or over in Cleveland, or on the other mm-hmm. side of Lake Erie, whichever way you want to put it. Yeah, they've got issues. Look, but Baker Mayfield could barely get up to the podium on Sunday after that game. That's how beat up he is. Yeah, he's beat up. And Case Keenum. Now they, now they think he's, now they, they still think he's going to play, but we'll see. Yeah, but Case Keenum's also beat us a bunch of times, so it's not like, you know, we, the next guy in hasn't had any experience winning games. Matter of fact, no, that's Case Keenum's a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't pay a lot for him, but I, there's been worse backups. Uh, yes. Yeah, and we've seen them. Uh, you know, what's the name of still in the league, Chase Daniels? It, this is up to you right now. There's, there's going to be a 48 hours NBC special on that after the, you know, sometime <laughs> in the 10 years. How the hell did he play 13 years in the league? I mean, just amazing. He's still in the league. He's, he's in San Diego. What you mean is- what you mean is, how did he watch 13 years in the league? How did he get in a locker room for 13 years? I just wonder how he even got a uniform. I mean, geez. You know why? 
because he shows up the first week of September and he never leaves. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, Who's cut, pizza boxes are there oh, in locker number three? Oh, cut down day. He's always the last one out of the, the shower. He never he never gives him a chance to cut him. I remember yeah. uh, um, Jim Leland was telling a story. Was it what was the guy? Who, his guy. He's a coach now that everybody loved the. Uh, uh, the Tiger, I forgot his name now. Um, he was the utility guy. Remember him? Jim oh, Trzuski. No, the young guy. He was like Jim Leland's favorite utility player, and he played all over the place. I forgot his name a couple years ago. Kelly. And, uh, no, I can't think. Donnie Kelly. No, yeah, Donnie Kelly. And uh, Donnie Kelly, they had a story where it was getting close to cut day or whatever. And Jim Leland would always tell Donnie Kelly, "Just sit in the back of the room. Don't let them see you. Don't let them know you're here." <laughs> <laughs> well, one time out at Kenny, one time out at local university, Lance had this wide receiver. He was like the seventh kid on the chart. You know, cut down, cut down day. He went out and hid in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! All right, yep. so Pittsburgh's gone. Um, uh, all the people that wanted to Hawkins over Devin Bush. Hawkins is not setting the world on fire. He's playing real. He's playing pretty good. He's not. All pro yet. Ups and downs, though. Yeah, but, uh, ups and downs. but I don't hear the Devin Bush talk anymore after that. And watching Devin Bush no. the other day, oh, you should have took Devin Bush. Announcers in Detroit radio whose names I will not mention were all uh, Devin Bush was the pick and you made a mistake. No, you didn't. Just let it play out. Just no, I would have taken Devin White, but he was off the board. Well, my guy was the guy in Buffalo. I still don't think he's playing. Uh, what was his name? Ed, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver. Is he doing anything yet? Of course not. <laughs> right, so I, but I would have he's, he's got the brown curve. I would have been grounded in it because that was my guy for sure. I was like, take it, Oliver. All right, so we got Cincinnati this week, and then we'll come back after that, and they we come home Cleveland for Thanksgiving. This week, not I mean, Cleveland is we the same team. You know what? They should like combine those two teams. Ohio does not deserve two teams. They should make them merge. One team. What do you think? Any any other clear thoughts? <laughs> no, that wasn't a clear thought at all. No, it wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't a clear, it's a clear miss. So after this, we come back for the annual Thanksgiving uh, pilgrimage down the Ford Field to see Chicago. And I'm gonna tell yep. you another thing too. This is the last year I want to see Chicago at Thanksgiving. Okay, we've had our little run of the last four years, where it's three out of the last four. Okay, find somebody else to play on Thanksgiving. Okay, from this point on, well, I'm saving that. money on fuel, on jet fuel. Come on, why it's, you? That's, those are money savings. Okay, but you can play uh, Minnesota. You can play. Uh, I'm trying to see on this year's list. Now you're doubling the fuel cost. Okay, come on. Well, look, it's only another thirty <laughs> minutes. But anyway, I'm just tired of Chicago. This is fire. When do we go play another Amer- um, AFC team? I know they played Houston last year, but let's get another AFC team in because you play. Like I said, it's been Chicago three of the last four years. Well, you know, Chicago is my kind of town. All right. Well, that might be their chance for a victory. A nice Thanksgiving victory would be nice. A nice idea. Yeah, but so would a nice win down in Cleveland either. And I, I would not count the Lions out in this one. Well, yeah, I'm counting them out, but we'll see next week. All right, Michael Hare, that's it, baby. That's it for this week. Good, good talk. My ears are burning. Right. <laughs> any, any last words from you on uh, anything that you had a, that you didn't think about, lion-wise? Same, no, same thing I said last week at this time. Say goodnight, Gracie. All right. Goodnight, Gracie. That's it on the k Podcast. We'll see you next week.